What are you doing? Backing up the hard drive. It's a good habit to get into. Rumlow needed your help. What the hell are you doing here? You're saving S.H.I.E.L.D. intel. Whatever I can get my hands on. Our mission is to rescue hostages. No, that's your mission. And you've done it beautifully. You just jeopardized this whole operation. I think that's overstating things. That one's on me. You've got to come right. All right, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Gundam at MHQ. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo, and joining me always is uh, Solbro. Solbro, say hello. What is up, everybody? And uh, yeah, Chris is still on his uh, self-imposed hiatus, his sabbatical, back uh, <laughs> to wherever he went. We don't know where he went. He's somewhere. I think he's probably up in the uh, the Himalayas. Uh, you know, it's, uh, learning some self-meditation and uh, you know the ways of the world. He's in the mountains. So look, back. He's in the mountains looking for Ray Shao Ghoul. He could be. He looking could to, be. Looking to train, man. The League of Shadows. He could be. <laughs> Definitely, baby. He's got he's to gotta get ready to defend himself from all the haters and defend Gotham. <laughs> yeah, if that's the case, I, I'd, I'd really second guess putting uh, bad uh, bitchings about him on 4chan or That's anything. right. That's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, Gundam is 4chan's favorite show. Endorsed. <laughs> and and I, I'd, I'd love to thank. Uh, the 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 great poster of 4chan that a uh, I I finally was the subject of a thread. Oh no, that that was great. Uh, and um, oh. Soulbro, it was it was uplifting for you because you you were uh, graduated from being the black guy to now or was is it the black guy or the black one? What, what were you normally called? I think black the, guy wasn't I think, it? I think the black one. Black one. The black one. Now now they actually called you Soulbro, right? You. Oh so, shit! Progress. <laughs> they know my name. Get out of here. Progress. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, thank you for that. I, I, I feel quite honored. Now all we need to get is Solbro because uh, Chris has had uh, countless threads about him mm-hmm. uh, on 4chan, and, and now we need one for Solbro. My so. time is coming. I already, I can feel it. <laughs> so thanks for that, everyone. But uh, this is episode 151, and in this episode, we're going to be going back to some uh, listener-submitted topics because we had quite a few of them, and we'd like to kind of um, burn through what we, what we have there and may, might start these uh, start these topics up anew again, maybe close out these current threads and uh, put some new stuff in there. So, mm-hmm. uh, But uh, we have uh, one from Poster TV. And one from Poster Day Man, and we'll get into them during the segments because uh, uh, there, there might be a little bit of setup on a couple of 
them as we do it. So uh, just uh, hold on, and uh, we're going to be going first as I'm walking over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio to uh, actually one of the subjects of uh, my 4chan thread was uh, how great my news is or how oh. much people hate it now, but eh, whatever. No problem, as I'm sitting in the Larry King you Memorial the King. Studio. You are the King! Uh, Neos listener submitted news, and uh, always, if you have any news articles, you can post them on the Neos listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk uh, Forum. Mm-hmm. So, um, gosh, I, I guess if they were hating on my news, they're probably actually hating on our listeners, because we get a lot of our news from our listeners, at actually all of it. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. But uh, the first one we have here comes from an evil Australian, Mulafaga, yes. And this is sign of sad dead guy news, and oh. maybe you know who this is, Solbro. I don't really know, but it says here, uh, Transformers voice actor Buster Jones passes away. I guess he was the he was the voice of Blaster. Yeah, the voice of uh, Blaster, yeah. Um, I heard about that just a few days ago. Oh, he was actually bought Black Vulcan on Super Friends, too. What? <laughs> That's what it says here. Yeah, this is coming from Variety.com. Oh, let me just give the list. So here you go. Uh, he was Black Vulcan on Super Friends. He was Blaster and Transformers. Doc and G.I. Joe are real yeah, American. That's Winston right. Zedmore and real Ghostbusters. Holy shit. So he, he took he took over for um, Arsenio <coughs> Hall then. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what it says here. And oh. later in the extreme, uh, Ghostbusters. And um, his character. I didn't know that Black Vulcan was a creation of Hanna-Barbera. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that either, actually. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. He Did you know that he was born in Paris? No, I did not know that. It, it was the, Paris, uh, Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> oh, man. No. And uh, he went to Lane College in Jackson, Tennessee, and he was a disc jockey in Washington, DC before he got into voice acting. He definitely has that voice, man. Um, I've heard his voice in so many things. Never knew his name, though. Um, I, I'm pretty good with voice actors. Well, but- his full name is Edward L. Buster Jones. Man. So now you know, and knowing's half the battle. Hey, it is indeed, man. <laughs> may, may, may he rest in peace, man. He he definitely yeah. uh, was kick-ass as, as, uh, as Blaster and, and Doc, and uh, retroactively, I'm finding out he was Winston. And it's like, wow, at least to when they when they replaced his voice out. So that uh that sucks, man. Uh, he, it, he, it says, I guess he was 71. Is that right? Yes. Man. Well, uh, if anything... Uh, Not a long as, life. As they say on uh, Hollywood Babylon, man, a bucket full of wind, man. Uh, if uh, it, he's, He entertained a lot of people. People and whether we knew his name or not, you know, at, at the end of the day, he he did he was great at what he did, and I'll remember his name now, Buster Jones, man. Shout outs to him. Are you gonna watch some uh, some GI Joe and? and <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic because uh, <laughs> it's ironic because uh, we have a discussion about Transformers. Uh, a bunch of Transformers fans and myself are getting ready, getting get, coming together to talk about the entire franchise on Barbecue Night tomorrow. So uh, the, it, entire the entire franchise. Have you even be- seen the? Oh, uh, a lot of shit that oh yeah there's a lot there man i asked fred to come up with an outline for it and it is tremendous so i told him that we'll spend like a, a certain amount of time on each part i'm hoping it doesn't look, run any further than two hours but <laughs> i'm thinking it might go about two and a half but uh i we i broke it down i time coded a lot of stuff so if anything we should be able to get through it quick and spend times on on certain things well but, actually it'll mm-hmm. be the past at this point yeah that, that, that is you've true you've already done this the, transformers <laughs> By, by the time so if you miss the live broadcast if you miss the live podcast you 
could check it out at tinyurl.com slash shinstation. But uh, yeah, we'll be getting together to talk about the Transformers franchise on our live podcast, uh, Barbecue Night. So hope you guys can go there and check it out. It should be a lot of fun. We'll be talking about the movies, the uh, the comics, the TV show, and the TV shows, the many of them, and other venues for Transformers. So And the, and the live-action Michael Bay movies. So we'll be talking about all of that. So come on out. Hope you guys dig it. Oh, there's not much to say about those except awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Mulaflaga, for your submission. Ooh, the next one here comes from Wilder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Silver, have you ever wondered why Bandai Namco isn't localizing the Gundam vs. Gundam games? That is actually something that came up, but, but I'll, I'll go ahead well, and let you read, gonna, the gonna, yeah, read the I'm story. Go ahead and read the story. answer that for you. By, by all means. Say, no, I, <laughs> why, or, why yes, no, Neil? I've always wondered. I've yes. no, I don't have a clue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, uh, Silicon Airy uh, asked Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme versus producer Richiro Baba, and he said, The Gundam games have an entertaining battle system, which may explain why people are importing them, but the license is a problem. Uh, Baba said, he, uh, In addition to that, in Japan and Asia, anime airs more often on TV, where not as much is aired in the U.S. Also, Gundam plastic model kits are really readily found throughout the U.S. The IP in general is, is much more <laughs> well received in Asia and Japan. So, uh, and he says here, uh, to, fin- uh, to try to create that for the Western market would be a little bit difficult. So, um, yeah. I mean, d- is there any other reason why not? I mean, everything he just said is the comp- it makes complete sense. On, mean, on paper, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, he 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 raises the point that Gundam really never infiltrated the U.S. market or or in in, in non Asian countries, uh, never really infiltrated the market in a lot of them besides Gundam Wing, which was over a decade ago. So it's hard to to shop a shop a game over here that is intended. Uh, for Gundam fans when there's not even a god of Gundam fans to account for which is kind of unfair but on paper they're right because you know when a Gundam series comes out on DVD here and no one buys it um you know what I, I would say that maybe if well, they kept it's, their it's a fighting game so yeah. nobody really cares I mean yeah the, I mean for how many years did people play all these SNK and, and Capcom games that were never translated or anything oh, yeah. like that. Who, who but, really cares? But I they, mean, kept, they kept their expectations low for the sales yeah. for those games, but they expect the Gundam game to sell in the millions like it does in Japan, or at least the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, so, but he's saying he's, they're not expecting it, though. I mean, what he just, but, what he just said there, yeah. uh, he's, um, they're not expecting that. So mm-hmm. it's just... Um, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. So, but I mean, they, they, what he raises is that you know, Gundam's not on television here. So why? Is, what's the point it's just of not bringing popular, the game? Though, yeah. I mean, he j- he just gave you three things. It's not only TV, but the kits aren't very popular. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not just, arguing against that fact. What I'm just saying is that yeah, it's it's. Then I bring it out here because I don't think it's going to be well received because of the fact that there's not already a. Uh, a well, it's a, just about a, localization. They didn't say anything about people uh, buying it. They don't care about what? that. I, They're but, just the 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 article here was yeah talking about the localization. It's not a, it's got well, they also, nothing to do with that. Well, they also bring up licenses, and when I guess licenses having to do with the the characters themselves, the music, all that other stuff, and I don't know why that's actually such a hurdle because they work around that with the uh, <clears throat> Dynasty Warriors games by just putting in different music. So I don't see why they could they could at least try once to digitally release one game, one versus game, to see how well it does. 
um, you know, it, it, it doesn't take a lot to translate, like, say, a Dynasty Warriors game, which has a lot of dialogue and story mode, which Gundam Extreme Versus does not. Um, I don't, I mean, and, and I can see they're trying to bring Rise of Incarnates, which is the, um, the game that works off of the same engine as Gundam Extreme Versus. They're going to bring that out here as a freemium game to see how well received that is. Um, it's, it plays the same, but it features humans with supernatural powers fighting in cities. So, um, it looks cool, but, you know, aesthetically, I, I have some issues with it. But if it plays as well as Gundam, I will definitely give it a shot. I'm just not crazy about freemium games, and I'd rather have Extreme Versus full boost out here because it's a good game. It has a following. And if they released it digitally and for an affordable price, I think people would, um, latch onto the game and i think it would help to build the scene out here um a lot of people imported the game and i think it would be at least worth risking one attempt well, what's the what's well the what's the cost difference though what's what's how much is an import average import import uh, i would say just an average average just about average. 80 bucks when you get uh so, before shipping so so if you had it even at so that's what's brand a, what's new a regular what's an what's a brand new game here 60 60 it's in japan 20 dollars. a brand new game bad. in japan is roughly about seven in between yeah. 70 to 80 it's not a it's not a huge difference i don't yeah. think i mean not like it used to be where some of these games were like upwards of over a hundred and oh, yeah. then they were like 49 dollars normally yeah. when but, i hear people complain about import games and how much they cost it's like you should have been there in the mid 90s that was no joke <laughs> that was you'd be spending triple yeah. digits to import a game nowadays it's actually a lot cheaper than it used to be so and then you can buy games i don't, I don't know what he's too, talking about with the license i don't know what he's talking about with the license the music there. really is the biggest hurdle but the easy answer to that is just put music from the show the actual score of the show into the actual game and replace whatever themes you're gonna have problems with bringing over to the states because there's always problems with taking opening themes to shows <clears throat> and bringing them out into a foreign market because the people who did the music the light the labels that own the music and whatnot they're gonna want to cut of the profits that the game makes uh and it's gonna be just really difficult to divvy that up and make a profit on the game so the option is to take that out the game has a an auto yeah but it costs money though that to, costs money no but the game already already has a feature oh, in know, it where you can customize the music so it's nothing for the programmers to already put in music that's cheaper so, for them to put in yeah so gotta pay those guys uh, that's the thing uh, well they didn't have to do it for zeta gundam when they localized the show over here and it took out the the theme songs from uh that were initially featured in the show you know that was a workaround they do that for anime all the time i don't so. know it's it's i think i think it's all deals with contract laws and yeah. nobody knows what any of this stuff is because you don't know what the actual contracts are yeah so and everything's written differently so whatever and it's only 20 dollars difference the last I'm sure mm-hmm. i'm sure you'll make up that 20 dollars in enjoyment playing the, these games the last thing i have to say about this and it's something i bring up all the time people say well that doesn't apply it applies quite a bit there were two examples of two games that were localized here under the most extreme legal situations and it did cost money to bring them out here but they did uh, one of them was uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom on the Wii. They brought that out here, and there was a shit ton of legal problems that that game had with character licensing issues, other companies owning other characters. They fought through all of that and brought it out here. And the game didn't sell extremely well, but they brought it out here, and I got my copy. Number two was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle. That game had an uphill battle because of all the names of the characters were based off of uh, musicians and whatnot and copyrighted names, and it had to go through and change the names and remove some things 
things and whatnot, but they made managed to make it happen. And when you, as a longtime JoJo fan, I already knew how steep the hill was when it came to localizing that game or anything JoJo here. So if those games can come out here, something like Gundam has got to be more of a cakewalk than anything else. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know all the particulars, but what it, well, like you just said though, Tatsunoko versus Capcom mm-hmm. it didn't sell very well. So maybe that's you're just right. why they're. That's probably. I mean, you're right about they're, that. They're going to want to make their cost up. Yeah. So I mean, I, I hate to bring it that, break it down to that. Like I said, I don't know any of their things with these contracts, and mm-hmm. I think before people start getting all you know worried about all this stuff is until we know really what any of the stories is, because everybody's going to blame each other yeah. for this. So hey. We're in a world now where you can get this stuff. It's not <laughs> real easy. So. At, at least we have a workaround, and yeah. I, I'm happy with that. I, you know, yeah. if I have to play the import, I'll be glad to play the import. Whatever. But just, it's twenty dollars more, and yeah. can you say that you haven't gotten, you haven't made up in enjoyment that twenty dollars that you spent? Yes, and I mean, it's in the time it'll be less. You know, as a, as the greatest hits edition comes out, that'll cost less. And if anybody wants to get that later on, they can. So there you, you go. Know, there you go. <laughs> so thank you. Um, for that submission. Uh, next one here comes from uh, Saber. And, wow, can't wait for this. Oh. Uh, yeah. The official Twitter of Code Geass, Akito the Exile, has announced the release schedule for the last two OVAs. We're not going to have to wait as much as we thought. Yeah. Episode three, Something Sparkling Falling from Heaven, that's the <laughs> name of the episode, will be released in May of 2015. Mm-hmm. And then episode four, which is entitled From the Memories of Hatred, will be released in July 2015. So, wow. So, we're talking, uh, uh, we're talking December 2016 then, right? <laughs> well, I mean, this is... This is their date, so I mean, um, unless something else comes up, this is this is what they're looking to do. So I think we're actually going to get two episodes in in a shorter amount of time than we got in one episode. Actually, actually, the the the, the time in between these two episodes being released is is so much smaller than anything ever. So, but yeah. thank you, Mister Saber, for that, and hopefully they fix that show a little bit so because you only got two more so but thank you for that submission Ooh, mm-hmm. the next one here comes from uh <sighs> evil australian vent noir oh all right and it uh, looks like there's some uh, he's got a little link here about some uh nano threads that could help us build a space elevator oh, and yeah. uh, actually i had read earlier this week i forget where i read it in Oh man, I'm trying to remember what website it was, but I guess the Japanese have made a date like about 2050 or yeah. something like that. They want to have too. a space elevator up and running. Yep. So, um, you know what that means? Solar furnaces. Oh shoot, that means the the age of King Arthur is upon us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I saw that, and um, I also saw like a counter article stating that um. There's no place in Japan where they could actually build that space elevator that's strong enough for the actual elevator to be uh, uh, founded into, basically. So they'd have to, they'd have to find a place on well, the mainland. Well, theoretically, I think it has to be towards the equator because mm-hmm. I think there's less movement there, I believe. That's right. That's right. So it, they could just they'll rent the space from somebody. <laughs> No, they probably will. I mean, they'll probably just rent it from somebody. Um, <clears throat> so thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Oh, the last one here. We have some uh, news from Destiny Gundam. And oh. uh, wow, for, for all those uh, Mudlove fans, 
out there some good news coming from the Anime News Network. Yes, Sentai Filmworks adds Mudlove Alternative Total Eclipse anime to their catalog. Oh, and nice. It looks like they're going to be releasing um, on, with English dubs and on Blu-ray and DVD. And uh, there is no release date at this point, but um, we'll keep you posted on that. So they plan on releasing the entire series on DVD and Blu-ray with both English and Japanese voiceovers. So It's been a long time coming. I'm glad to hear it's, it's finally coming out. Yeah, there you go. So uh, uh, thank you for that. And uh, don't really have any robo-apocalypse news that was um, scary enough this time, but... Into the CIC. We do have some Human Resistance League news. Hell yes. And I'm actually going to uh, put somebody on blast here because they're not following the rules of the forum, RoboLizard222. Oh, of course. When it's, hu- when it's Human Resistance League news, you put it as Human Resistant League news. It's not human propaganda nonsense. <laughs> He has a link to thenewscientist.com, mm-hmm. and uh, it's he says he actually says that this article supports human propaganda against robot kind. If we can't think like a human, then we shall think like a machine. I guess that's his thing, but it's saying uh, the the article begins so long. Robot pals and robot or- overlords, sentient machines may never exist, according to a variation of a leading mathematical model of how our brain creates consciousness. Thank God, science doing what we need to do here yes i guess the scientists for the last decade at the university of wisconsin madison has developed a mathematical framework for consciousness has become one of the most influential theories in the field and basically what they're saying here is uh you need to be human to have uh any type of uh consciousness or thought and um yeah this this is a great article this is a great great article and it's not propaganda at all because they're proving it with science. A victory for humans everywhere. A victory, and this is yes, this this is this is good. This is good. Put your put and your mag lifts, put your mag sorry your your mag lights on the shelf. They're not needed today. <laughs> well, they well they could always they, they could always short circuit and they could still attack you. So. Oh, true that, true though. Got to be at the ready, forever vigilant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never know, too. It's a mathematical model. So if they have like one of the X's or Y's in the wrong place, or they mm-hmm. should have squared and kept it cubed, you know, there could be all kinds of things. Or one of the parens is in the wrong, the wrong area. So, um, you know, hey. But thank you, uh, Mr. Robo Lizard 222 for that uh, Human Resistance League uh, submission. Mm-hmm. And the uh, last one here, and of course, we, would, we wouldn't have too much uh, of this, but still, uh, we still want to report this. This is uh, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh my god, that's bullshit. What the f- A Sir Bay news alert, but it's actually probably only really a Transformers news alert. <laughs> but since Sir Bay is going to be connected to it some way, and I think his name's mentioned in the article, and this is coming from Rodimus76, and it's uh, Cinema Blend, and it's a little article talking about Transformers 5, so far what they know. And uh, so what what are we what 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 are the thing are we, we're looking they've, they've um prom, Paramount has promised some sweeping changes for the Transformers franchise by the time Transformer 5 rolls into theater mm-hmm. um I guess they got a lot of things going on here um looks like yep yeah, Bay won't be uh as at this point we know that he's not going to be part of the movie but I I'm, I'm sure he'll be brought back in 
looks like uh, Mark Wahlberg may not make it back into this movie either. So, oh, didn't it sign uh, up for multiple films? Nah, it doesn't look like they did. Wow, and then how did they get just, away with that? That's crazy. And they're and they're well, he's got power though, man. Yeah, he does. He's Mike. He's, so, he's, 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 <laughs> he's Mark Wahlberg. He's I mean, Mark he's Wahlberg, got some power. Yeah. So they think uh, it's just kind of a speculation, but because he's got a good relationship with Michael Bay uh, for because of Transformers and then Pain and Gain, you know, they're thinking that that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, the release date is going to be June twenty fourth, two thousand sixteen. So yeah, that that's that's something that we we can shoot for. Yeah, we should have, they have to start filming in the next six months to meet mm-hmm. that date for the for the most part. I, I kind of like that though. I mean, if they're going to start pretty much clean, stay for like maybe some loose story threads from the last movie going into this one, that might be the best position to put them in when well, it comes to having a new it's, director. It's great one. that you talk about screenwriting because it says uh, Aaron Kruger oh. is uh, is tapped to be the writer for this oh, uh, next one. No. I don't know who this is. That's the that's the guy who's written the movie since part two. He wrote part uh, two, three, four, and now five. I, that was the one major thing. I wouldn't have mind Bay coming back at all as the director, honestly, as long as they got a different writer. But they keep hiring this dude to keep writing the Transformers movies. And this guy can't write his way out of a paper bag. So here we go again. So, uh, so right now they're saying that there's nobody tapped to help him. So they're waiting to uh, oh. see if that's going to be a possibility. What's, what's some other news? here all right Ooh, megan fox what, what, what do we have here hmm what has he said um her there's oh they're saying paramount would probably like a familiar face for the franchise to help some sell the film so there's a possibility that she might they, they might try to grab her or something like that yeah they, they established in the third one that they broke up uh fox and uh and shia LaBeouf's yeah. character so if they brought her back and made her one of the leads uh, I was okay with her as April O'Neil in the Turtles movie. I know a lot of people pan that movie just out the gate, but it is not as bad as mo- well, most. Well, it was directed by Michael Bay. No. <laughs> people, people would have you believe, right? <laughs> it, it, she, 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 she was serviceable, and I could see she was really trying, and she liked the property. So, you know, if anything, I will give her the benefit of the doubt. I mean, she does need someone with her in the movie to bounce off of someone who is a better actor. So that way, you know, she could probably, you know, have some kind of chemistry with them. And I hope she does have chemistry with, uh, said, said co-star. But, um, you know, when it comes down to it, man, uh, I, I'm not against her coming back. I just want a different fucking writer. I, <laughs> I'm sorry to curse, but that is, that is the worst thing I've heard all day. Damn it, man. Uh, a follow up. Here's, here's, if you thought that was bad, Soul Bro, oh. there's probably going to be no Transformers G.I. Joe Cross crossover movie either that's what i hear um and well they're saying that one of the producers is basically saying it's probably not going to happen in any of the near future so but you know you never know so those are kind of the things we know at this point and uh, i'm sure they will keep going and and thank you uh mr rodimus 76 for your submission thank you everyone for your submissions oh and like kind of a little postscript i know i skipped over some star wars news I'll be honest with you, it's got nothing to do with the movie or anything like that, but I'm a little fatigued already because every day I like uh, go online, there's something about Star Wars, and a lot of it's misinformation, 
And I, unless it's like something like J.J. Uh, Abrams accidentally killed Harrison Ford on the stage or something like that, because <laughs> oh, they're doing a good job trying to do it. I oh, mean, he's my been hurt God. like 15 different times now. Mm-hmm. But uh, unless it's something really, really major uh, and confirmed, like super confirmed, just don't post it up. And because we got a while for this and there's just way too much um, – stuff that's going up there that we're finding just kind of nonsense and stuff so i'd say if there's if there's footage or if there's like something concrete and a, and a lot of people reporting on it then that's a that's story that we said. might talk yeah. about it. yeah i mean yeah I, i'm just i'm just adding yeah. to that but yeah when it comes down to it yeah as you mentioned there's a lot of misinformation going on on there and a lot of stories being leaked on purpose to just just that's just people, people waste their waste their time with checking and uh, i go to yeah. i visit movie websites every day that's like one of my addictions basically is just to go online check the movie news watch watch podcasts and 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 videos that have to do with movie news and stuff like that and the amount of stuff that they have to report on for star wars even they're getting fatigued on the subject and they've been saying it's like yeah man not every bit of news about star wars is worth even reporting now we have to really be selective on what we report because it's like the 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 boy who cried wolf basically so um the news the other day that i saw about uh, adam driver being a, a, a a rebel pilot in the movie um that i would say is something that's worth reporting because that actually had adam adam driver is an actor that's in the movie and people speculated that he was going to be a villain in the yeah but who else okay he's in this movie yeah how who will we know him from other things i don't he's 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 pretty he's a pretty popular actor he's been in a lot of movies lately he's also in hbo he's uh he's in uh the movie that just came out last week and this is where i leave you he's in girls he's in uh several other movies whether it be nothing independent Uh, (laughs) nothing that you've seen because you're real select (laughs) on what you watch but i'm familiar with the guy and a lot of people are familiar with the guy and he's been making a lot of waves so he he's he's an actor of some kind of importance um Mm -hmm. he's this year's Benedict Cumberbatch because was was it this Benedict Cumberbatch saw last year? Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch! Oh, Benedict. And hey, then he did that movie. He, he's a popular dude, um, and and uh, I I don't have any issue with him. People speculated because he plays assholes in movies that he was going to be a Sith or some kind of villain in the movie. Turns out he's a he's a he's a they rebel. can't get wedged back. Yeah. <laughs> or 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 our boy our boy per- to hell. What about Porkins, man? <laughs> Never forget. No, but the guy, the guy that the actor that the actor that, oh, that played Wedge, he said, "No, Wedge survived." Oh, yeah, that's Remember right. That. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just. He's got to. <laughs> No, they, I guess they asked that guy, and he said, "No, nah, I don't feel like doing that." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man! I mean, he's got other things to do, man. That, that's cool, you know. He had the balls to say, "Nah, man, I, I'm not. I'm not interested in so, Star Wars, but homie." Before anybody goes off and say, "You're not gonna do it because it's J.J. Abrams and you hate J.J. Abrams," no, it's not that. It's just like Solbro said. Every time you, I mean, it's bad when you're just opening up like normal websites, not just like movie specific, like CNN or like something like that and it's just like oh star wars blah 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 blah, blah, blah you know it's it's it makes for it makes for conversation but uh you know when it comes the down movie's to it, so far out though man. yeah it's, I mean, it's not until next it christmas like, dude it's, it's if, a ways if, away if, if, if it was if it was this christmas mm-hmm. i could understand oh yeah but it's still like another year away yeah so. we may not even see a trailer until next uh we may not see a trailer until next summer so yeah, you'll see you'll see a, a trailer this christmas i guarantee you it. think so i mean uh, they, they always they, do that that teaser crap yeah They'll do that teaser one. You won't see it till six months later. If we don't see one during Christmas, we may see one during the
the Super Bowl, and if we don't see one then, then we're going to see them during the big summer blockbusters that bust out. But you're right. I forget that they do like to, to drop a trailer a year in advance. Yep. So that yep. that that is when that's that's some big news right and there. A lot of people go to go to movies on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and you and and you well no you have to remember too you have a lot of uh, kids movies out during Christmas mm-hmm. and you um, you know Disney wants the kids too that's true you know because you got the built in you got Star Wars fans they'll go no matter what mm-hmm. but you want that new revenue they want as many families going as possible that's yeah. that's that's the crown jewel basically our family but is Lando Calrissian going to be in this because Dude, if he's not I'm gonna be a little upset <laughs> I haven't heard that that's the news I need to hear Yo, that man. Billy D is ready and waiting to go man Hell come on guys. Yeah. Can you imagine a, a smooth, refined Billy uh, Lando Calrissian? <laughs> I need to see him crack open a Colt forty-five in IMAX, y'all. Come on, <laughs> a space oh Colt forty-five. You've, you've, you've gotten quite large, <laughs> <laughs> but your daughter looks real good. <laughs> Scooping. But yes. So before anybody thinks that it's it's nothing against that, it's just and. Uh, believe me, if there was any other movies that were kind of in the same way, I'd be doing the same thing because it's it's just got to a point. It's and if it's like Solbro is saying, if actual movie websites are saying, hold oh, on, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, just, no boss, <laughs> then I, I think it's okay if we say it. So thank you everyone for your submissions. And like I said before, if you ever have any news submissions, always go to the Neo's listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And uh, Solbro, anything before we get to our first topic? No, I think we're good to go, man. I'm excited, man. We got some listener-submitted topics that we're going to run into, and uh, it should be fun. And we'll have some uh, host-submitted answers to those listener-submitted topics. Who there knew? you go. <laughs> so crazy. So absolute crazy. So thank you, everyone, and we'll be back with our first segment. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Hello everyone, I'm David Kay, a.k.a. the voice of Professor X from that old series, X-Men Evolution, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Logan? Logan, where is Storm? Tell her to come for tea. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning... In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, Let's go again. The Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast presents How Does Chiaki Play the Good Cop? I don't care how important what you are saying is in real life, in anime, in any media. I don't care how touching the music is or how the character relations are being developed. If 
you have a shot while this discussion or this meaning is being delivered or is taking place and in the foreground of this shot i have a bikini girl's ass in my face it doesn't matter (laughs) it doesn't matter it stops mattering so if you want to have your message have your message if you want to have your bikinis have your bikinis but bikinis trump she's still working on it she really can't she's not gonna you can't play good cop at all for more anime addicts anonymous podcast visit www.aaapodcast.com or itunes i'll be damned if i'm gonna clean up this mess everyone welcome back and uh this is one of our first listener submitted topics and this comes from poster tv and he basically just has a question and then he has a bunch of examples after that so we're not going to go too much in the examples because i think the question itself uh really explains what we're going to be doing here but um he says has the plant season length I guess he's meaning, is the plan season like a definite impact on the quality of the story and production values of a weekly airing Gundam slash Mecha anime? Yeah, and he's from the Netherlands, so not a big deal. It's just a little trouble with English. We all have it, so not a big deal. So hey, basically, <laughs> yeah. Basically, he's saying, is the plan season length a definite impact on the quality and production value of a weekly airing Gundam slash Mecha anime? So mm-hmm. I will... S- Hmm, who should I go to first? Oh, hmm. boy. Solbro, <laughs> what do you think? It's a mixed bag, to be honest, man. Um, when it comes down to it, I don't think it has a definite impact. And the reason why I think that is if, when you're in the pre-planning stages of a series, um, you have all the plot points you're going to want to hit. Um, you pretty much have a major outline, and then you divvy up the work between the writers to go ahead and factor in where those plot points happen throughout the course of the, the episodes that run in the series. Um, this allows you to regulate how many episodes they're going to be throughout the run of the show and that's the showrunner's job to figure that all out before they even get into how finding out how many episodes they're going to have um when it comes down to it sometimes the budget's already on the table it's like you have enough to do 13 episodes or you have enough to do 26 or you have enough to do a full year 50 episodes um and when it comes down to it it's what the showrunner does to either masterfully uh guide the show into telling the story well or to squander the budget <laughs> and, okay. and and tell the story poorly. Uh, in most cases, we see that short sh- series that run short are pretty strong um, in their impact, in their uh, presentation. Usually the animation is better, too, in a shorter, shorter run series. Um, you were, we were talking before the show started, and we brought up an example of Gargantia, which we recently reviewed on Gundam. And Gargantia is a 12 or 13 episode series. Um, it aired. Uh, it reached a point where it ended on a nice, 
uh, point where it could end at that point or it could take off into another season if they wanted to. So there was a possibility for a follow-up and, and, and we know that OVAs are coming out or already out for Gargantia. So, um, and that show told the story well. The animation was, was spot on. It was really crisp and clean and, and well done and it got its story across pretty well um, throughout its short run of episodes. But, uh, Neo, um, what, what's your thoughts on the shorter series? Well, I think the I guess going back to this question is uh, mm-hmm. is the plant season length? Yeah. No, it it it's not really a, an impact on the quality of the story or the production values. It could be a little bit more on the production values because sometimes we do see even if they, um, you know, even shows like Gundam, which you know they have all that money up front and they know what they're doing. Yeah. Sometimes we do see the production values in the middle there get a little, um, little weak. But I think a lot of that's probably because of their deadlines yeah. and some probably some of the you know some of the technical issues they probably have to deal with so we we, we definitely see that um there's a better chance of it happening in a longer series because of the fact that they have to kind of make the series run um for you know weeks on end and you know weeks without breaks well, and stuff like that he too. brings uh tv brings up a point about stuff like uh dragon ball z where it some feels like sometimes some of those um episodes they were just kind of uh, uh, stretching out something that could have been taken care of in about 10 minutes. But I think when you have a situation like Dragon Ball Z, I mean, I think what everybody has to remember is at the time that that show was airing, mm-hmm. they that manga was still out too. Yes. So they got to a point where, and that's the danger of a popular manga becoming a TV show is because if it's still running, the manga is still running, there's going to eventually come a point where they catch up to the manga and then they have to either decide, are we going to go wait till, you know, the next story that the manga artist is going to do, or are we going to go in a different direction? Another example would be full, the first Full Metal Alchemist. That was the, the same thing. And luckily, well, Full Metal Alchemist is a very special case and I'll get into that in a second, but you're right about DBZ. They, when they started yeah. producing that show, they got caught up to the point where when they first adapted the series, they were doing two chapters chapters of the manga at a time and then yeah. when they got caught up they had, had no other choice but to do one chapter of the manga at a time and no one had thought back then what is something they think about now which is why don't we just take a break <laughs> why don't we take a break yeah. on the tv series we'll find a stopping point for the uh animated series and we'll come back and pick up once we have enough slack um naruto is another good example or of a bad example where um, they got caught up to the manga and they had a whole season of filler episodes. Like it's notorious how much filler was in uh, the one season of Naruto, and I think it was like a, a season full of fifty like filler episodes, which makes no sense where they leave you off on the actual story where they decided yeah. to break off from. So you know that's just mismanagement of of something that they could have easily just uh, helped to fix, which is to say, hey, we're going to take a break well, and come is back. That- is that mismanagement or is that just the old way of thinking? Because probably the old they, way of thinking. Because like you just said, there was a point where, you know, it's a little bit more accepted now, even in American television, when mm-hmm. some of these shows will get uh they'll be you know, their their seasons get broken up mm-hmm. or there's long hiatuses between seasons. I mean, um an example here in the States, Breaking Bad, you know, mm-hmm. that was that was broken out. Uh look at stuff like Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to wait like a year for it to freaking come <laughs> out again. So that's the cost think, of doing business with that, though. You get a straight shot of episodes for like thirteen episodes, and then that's it for the year. 
And, you know, you get a significant art, major things happen, the show moves quickly, instead of meandering around and giving you filler episodes, every episode is crucial to watch. And that, that's, that's, that's the trade when you have a short series like but that. But I, I think one of the issues, especially with um, probably some of the mecha shows and even some of the Gundam shows, is sometimes um, with merchandising being so important, mm-hmm. um, maybe they're, you know, that's why we kind of see there's not always a break between Gundam series. Yeah. Uh, we did have it with Double O. We did. And technically we had it with Build Fighters too. <laughs> and we had it with Build Fighters. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like a season two, but yeah. uh, that I guess they were trying to wonder if they were going to have it or not. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think some of that stuff with like uh, Dragon Ball Z and all that, like what happened with all that, it's probably more of the old way of thinking. I think people are um, – a little bit more open now to like season breaks and we can see with even in Japanese television now they're they they seem to be a little bit more open with um uh the 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 season breaks when it comes to a lot of these things and so. the best thing about the season breaks and we saw this with double o is the season breaks allowed the creative staff to regroup and figure out where they're going to go next because you run to that point where in the middle of the series you run into that fatigue area where they're trying to figure out how to transi- transition the series from act one through act two to act three and where the end game is going to be so when they break the season in half it allows you know interest to build it allows for the creative staff to come up with uh, whole new plot points that they may have not have thought of when they initially started the show and they probably wouldn't have thought of if they were still caught in the grind of pumping out episodes consistently week after week so i know some people get upset when shows go away like recently uh Jojo's Bizarre Adventure just took a break and won't be back until January. Um, you know, for some people, that's a huge problem for them. You know, they were used to the grind of watching episodes week after week. But for me, it was like, you know, I'm cool with it because I want to see them reallocate resources in order to give us really well animated episodes to get more of a, a budget boost in order to uh, to give us higher quality animated episodes, too. Because um, once the series gets near the end of its season, you can sometimes see where the animation starts to 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 start to wane a little bit <laughs> because the money starts to run out. So um, I think breaks and hiatuses work 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 very well to uh, to an advantage of a show and will give us a better product in the long run. Yeah. So. Uh, any other points, Solbro, before we conclude up? Because uh, well, we um, kind of hit a lot, but no, I, anything I, else? Well, there's a few other things I wanted to say. Um, the Full Metal Alchemist uh, uh, situation. Uh, for those who were uh, who who've checked out Full Metal Alchemist back when it initially aired in the, the early one. 2000s, the first Not series, Brotherhood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when Full Metal Alchemist came out, it was pretty interesting what Square Square Enix was trying to do. They wanted to have a three prong attack on different mediums. So what they did oh, yeah, is that's right. they started with the manga and with the plans of having an animated series run parallel with that. And it would, the, the whole point of the animated series was that it would start off in tandem with the manga, but then go on its own route because even the manga artist for the manga didn't know where she was going to go with that. And at the same time, those two were running, they were going to have a, a series of video games come out as well. So they wanted to attack on those three fronts. And I don't think any other, any other property or new IP had ever tried that before. So it was pretty interesting what happened with Alchemist. And I, I love when people say, Oh, well, you know, I don't know why, um, they didn't, they didn't keep the, uh, 
the uh, the animated series in step with the uh, manga in the first place, and that was because they were both being produced at the same time. So, um, and with the intention of them both being different, because the manga was so well received, they decided, to, and and the fact the anime was a hit when it aired on television, they decided to go another go to have another run at it with Brotherhood, which is complete um, far Based more on the manga, yeah, right? far more dedicated adaptation of the manga. Absolutely, yeah, and that's how that turned out. So I like them both. Uh, I I think they're both uh, well well done. I prefer the original series a little bit better because of the darker tones in it. But uh, I think Brotherhood's a fine story too, and I like the manga just. Yeah, fine. the first one is darker than the. Uh, oh yes, than the second one. <laughs> there, especially the way it ends. I, I think I think um, that it just it, it it ends better to my taste than anything else. But that doesn't make Brotherhood a lesser show. I think Brotherhood's fine, and I I kind of like the upbeat uh, ending. I remember of that. that being one of the things that kind of irritated me at first about Brotherhood. It was way too jokey jokey yeah it, it, and, it, the tone is a little bit different but there's still a lot of violent scenes in it <laughs> no there, no there's definitely a lot of violence in it but mm-hmm. yeah it's not as dark so okay but when it comes to gundam man um i, I we see we're seeing it work very well we saw a bad example of it recently with age age could have used a break <laughs> age could have used a break at the at the when they ended the second series the second generation, if they took a break there, I think that the remainder of that show would have been a whole lot better when they finally got the... Or look. just ended it. <laughs> <laughs> could have just ended it. That's true. Um, they could have just ended it. Um, uh, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with a series running 13 episodes or 26 or 50 as long as the run is balanced and they know where they're going with it. Yeah, but you got to get... You, I, as much as, as bad as age was, mm-hmm. um, you got to kind of give Sunrise some credit for trying something new it was especially for gundam because it's so damn formulaic it was either 50 episode series or you know 12 episode ova or something like that or you know or a movie (laughs) so the fact that they tried a 50 a 50 episode show and they tried to do it over a a time period i think it was just a little too ambitious for what um than what it turned out to be so and, and you, was, could, you could tell they were running out of ideas and they were borrowing from from here and there and it started to become real weak sauce towards the end and i just wish uh i wish they would have just thought it out better honestly and well that, then you got it then build fighters washed all that gray out of your they hair they sure did sure did and hopefully tomina will help with that too with uh g reco coming up he knows how to run a show that's a showrunner right there that um for the most part has is tried and true so old school he's he's had a few stumbles but i can't really say that there's too many tv series that he's produced that have been bad um a lot of tv series he did uh the last series that he did for television was a 26 episode show and it was uh uh overman king gainer and i really enjoyed that show uh before that it was uh uh, Turn A Gundam. So, um, and that was a 50 episode series. What was, it was brain powered? Brain powered was, I think, 26 eps, and it was right before Turn A. Okay, it was before Turn A. Yeah, it was okay. like 97, 96, I think. Um, right after it came out, shortly after Ava did. So, um, it was a. Uh, it was I, I, I know brain powered wasn't all that well received. I haven't watched it fully, so I can't really comment on it. <laughs> I, I saw like the first couple of episodes, and mm-hmm. I was kind of meh. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't bad either. But yeah, you know. When it comes down to it, the major thing that I look at when it comes to the production of a TV show is the showrunner and how well they can balance, how well they can come up with ideas for the series to keep that ball and momentum going and you know, how, to ma- how they manage the budget. And there's some showrunners that you know do a good job and there's some others that uh, kind of F up like Fukuda. But... <laughs> 
but uh, we'll we'll see what happens with uh, the next couple of Gundam series coming out. And uh, I thank you for the question, TV man. It was a solid question. I, it's, it's definitely up my alley. But uh, All right. back to you, Neil. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's um, that's it. Yeah. I, I, in closing, you know, I don't think you can you you can dictate the quality or uh, of a story or the production values based on um, the length of a weekly show. So it's mm-hmm. just. It just decides that who's involved and what the idea they have in, uh, for this show. So, But um, thank you, Mr. TV, for your submission. And uh, we hope to get some more in the future like this. Uh, you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Gotta keep on trucking, yes sir! I'm gonna go outside and make myself a nice big shiny first place medal, sit in the sun, and have a stupendous friggin' day! Gum damn it! Well, alright, you're messy. Would you make me a medal too? Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pit podcast remember there is much drama on the internet but only the best makes pretentious internet theater we're looking for a few good new types over the last couple of months the gundam nation has been getting together to play mobile suit gundam extreme versus we call those sessions ex versus the gundam nation well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to extreme versus known as full boost we're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us even if you don't have the game you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on skype during the stream as well it's not only a gaming session but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well if you have the game you can add the psn id the Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station, so you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fightersready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. I'm not finished with you! Gundam!
jot down the time. Let me stop this and start it up again. There we go. Stop. Start. There we go. Testing. One, two, one, two, testing. All right. And um, we will begin in three, two, one. Am I the one doing it? Oh, you know what? I'll do it. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll do it. That, <laughs> okay. Just, okay. Just no go. Problem. Just take it from. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right, everyone. Welcome back. And uh, we're going to be in our second listener submitted topic. And this one comes from uh, a bright sunshine that we always see, the Dayman. Hell yeah. And uh, Dayman's uh, topic or question, he goes, I'd be interested in hearing a discussion on what you consider the scariest slash most nightmare inducing scenes from not only Gundam, but mecha anime in general. Hmm. <laughs> well, what, what do you think, Soul Bro? What, what would be the most, and that this is kind of appropriate because uh, next month, a few weeks from, or yeah, what next week is October, so that'll yeah. be uh, spooky month. Yeah, so, yeah. What, what, what's yeah. what's a scene or that that you remember from either a Gundam or a, a, a mecha anime? Well, we, if we're gonna start off with Gundam. Holy shit! Start off with what you want. We got to start off with the classic, man. The most night, one of the most nightmare-inducing inducing scenarios in Gundam in the Gundam series, and that would be Victory Gundam. Um, mm. I cannot imagine a more more nightmarish scenario. Um, you have well, is there a scene that's more nightmarish? Because Mr. Dayman's, t- I know there's a lot in Victory Gundam, but is there one that really that's the nightmarish one that? Um, I've got a few. I got a few examples. Go but I'll go right for the. Uh, I'll go right for the thing that's burned into my brain. Um, the Angel Halo. Mm. My God, I've never seen an end of the world weapon in a Gundam series that was more gruesome than that. And it wasn't so much that it was uh, um, gruesome on the level of of what it could do, but the toll of life it would take in order to utilize it. Um, Angel Halo. For those who don't know, when you watch Victory Gundam. It was this construct in space that the Zanskar Empire made. They're the antagonists of the series. And what they did is they took every new type they could find and put them in cryo chambers and used them, used their new type powers in order to, um, a- as, a, as a super weapon, basically, a collective super weapon. And at the, in the end battle, where people are fighting around the, uh, the, the Angel Halo and it's coming apart, you're seeing the chambers where people are sleeping being broken open. In zero, in, in 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 the in the vastness of space, basically, people are dying in their sleep as they're being exposed to the uh, the vacuum of space as that place is coming apart. Not and, only that, but they're falling on top of the uh, mobile suits and stuff like oh, that yeah. too. And so parts of it are going into the atmosphere, and yeah, people are getting cooked the alive. Yeah. It's it's pretty effed, and um, that is definitely uh, number one on my list. There well, there were other images in Victory though that messed me up. Um, anytime you incorporate the guillotine, <laughs> yeah, you have my attention. And um, the Zanskar Empire would get really old school with their fear uh, fear mongering man. Yeah, they they were they were pretty old school. They yeah, were old, straight school. up French Revolution on that. Dude, uh, they broke out the blade, bro. <laughs> If you yeah. weren't with the program, off with your head. And definitely, and, definitely the terror. Oh my God, they, people lived in fear, man. Uh, just to know that the Federation was reduced to nothing in that universe. I, I was uh, sorry, in that timeline up to that point um, was pretty shocking. And to see that this 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 group of zealots and maniacs and uh, 
and fanatics were, was running shit was just a scary thought altogether. So to me, well, you, you can't you can't feel bad for. Uh, I mean, you, you got to feel a little bad for the Federation. Mm-hmm. They've only been dealing with nuts and zealots for what the hundred years at that point. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> every ten years, some goofball offshoot of Zeon or Axis or Cosmo Babylon starts showing up, and ugh, I mean, it comes a point where you just can't enough's enough, right? Tell me about it, man. It was it was pretty brutal to see that. That was that's that's definitely my number one nightmare scenario. Yeah. If you want to if you want to name a a particular scene that got me in that show, I would say that the final. The final set piece of Angel Halo messes me up every time. It's it's like the icing on the cake when you get to the end of uh, Victory and you have you've already seen so much carnage just to get to that point, and then Tomino just had to top himself <laughs> with, with Angel Halo. So I that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, what about you, Neo? Well, I thought you were going to say the knife fight in the original um, Macross because that's <laughs> that's got some of the scariest animation I've ever seen. But no, no anime friend. <laughs> can, can we talk? <laughs> Need to step their game up. But yeah, that, that that was a nightmare to watch. But <laughs> for for reasons outside of uh, carnage, <laughs> I'd, I'd have to say, um, and it's it's a show that we've talked about. It's a show that we it's going to be coming with the sequel is um, Fafner. Oh yeah, and it's not necessarily the scene, but it's just more or less the. Um, the overall mood because you have basically this small piece of humanity fighting these aliens that just show up out of nowhere that kill people, pretty much turn them into crystals. And you're taking these kids and taking children and uh, putting it in these just horrible suits that are painful to to operate anyways. Um, There's not many people left. People are trying to... um, uh, you know, go on with their life, but you just know, and it's one of the, once again, it's, it's the worst type of alien aggressor you can have. The one that doesn't respond to you. And, you know, you, you just, you just don't know, but that, that's, that's in that aspect. But I'd have to say scenes that were kind of nightmare inducing and man, Tamino must've really known how the world was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, over thirty something years ago is uh, <laughs> is a show that I've seen, and one of these days I'm sure we'll get to it because it's one of those Tamino classics. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Zambot Three, Ooh. and there's multiple scenes of this where there comes a part where the aliens are basically unknown. They're putting bombs in people, and these people don't know, and they're un- they're getting detonated and just just normal suicide bombs, but they're really not suicide bombs because these people are kind of unknowingly know that are how have these bombs in them. Yeah. And it's just another way of the, uh, the antagonists of the, I forget what that alien race is called. Uh, I hadn't seen that show in quite a few years, but it's another way of instilling terror in the populace and really puts a monkey wrench in, uh, in the, in the plans of the Zambot team. And you kind of see, I know Zambot three is kind of supposedly his Genesis of kill them all Tamino. And up until that point, that's when the show gets really serious. It was kind of had serious overtones anyways, but when you started seeing that and you have to remember, this is a show from the early seven, early to mid seventies. So this isn't like something that was done 
in the last like 10 to 15 years where, you know, suicide bombing and, and human bombs and shields and stuff like that are a big part of our everyday life. This is something where it was, I think probably still a little, um, on the outside. I, I think the whole suicide bombing thing got really popular, what, in the late eighties, nineties and stuff. So yeah. it's, it's, it's very disturbing because once again, it's, you know, the Zambots, one of these shows where it's, kind of the kid super robot thing but you can kind of see the genesis and of course um you know we see later uh that's getting changed with like a day out in, in, in gundam so but um but yeah that that uh, on a scene wise uh that was multiple scenes but it was very shocking because it comes out of nowhere that's just seeing like children explode <laughs> in that show yeah. i mean granted it was all sorts of people were implanted unknowingly uh you know uh with, yeah, with, with bombs the and they, yeah and they they'd blow up or something like that wow yeah. i did to have a show and it should be aimed towards children that's pretty amazing that tomino just got away with murder <laughs> <laughs> like that back in the day <laughs> oh my god that, that's that's like nightmare inducing damn damn tomino you 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 maniac well uh my next one is a classic uh i'm gonna run it back a bit to my childhood man um I don't know how we would be able to deal with a situation like this in real life, but if a monster robotic alien planet came to devour our planet, what the hell would we be able to do about that? <laughs> I'm referring to Unicron from Transformers the movie. That thing, you know, just to see, just to go watch Transformers the movie and see the threat of that, I wondered how, you know, my favorite heroes are going to be able to get out of this scenario and defeat something so huge. It won't be Ironhide. <laughs> Won't be ratchet either, <laughs> and it sure won't be Optimus. Oh, <laughs> out, with, out with the old toys, in with the new. Oh my God, how dare they! But yeah, Unicron was a was definitely a a, a huge imposing threat you know he's the galacticus of robots basically and uh to be able to face off with something like that and to have to go inside of it and just to see like just the horrific sight of your favorite transformers getting killed or digested inside of unicron was pretty effed up um it was it was pretty much the ultimate final boss in the Transformers universe. Uh, I'm sure there's probably been other formidable foes that I am not too familiar with yet, but I'm sure I'll be familiar with by the time we do that barbecue night. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Unicron was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty nightmarish, and I've got to give it up to him, even even though he dates back to the to, to the eighties. But back yes. to you, sir. Um, some of the. Um uh, I guess if you're going to be looking at, uh, you know, kind of like the, some other just like scary themes, and I, I guess this will be all happy because of the robot apocalypse news, but one of the things that just freaks me the hell out is in the second Megazone OVA mm-hmm. where the freaking ro- – uh, where the ship takes over and just kills the crew and you oh, see yeah. like this captain just getting destroyed and, you know, with all these wires and stuff like that because the technology is just going overboard. And, and that to me is nightmare inducing because here you have these guys and it's, and it, it's not even, you know, not even going on the whole thing of like uh, the robot apocalypse, but just where, you know, these guys are just in this ship. And the next thing you know, they have no control of this. And this thing just up and outs and just kills them and kills them in like one of the most Ooh. gruesome and awful ways possible. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, uh, 
you know it's almost Cronenberg in the way it was done yeah like, like it's, it's just the body horror like amplified by times 10 when you see the, that scene unfold man and it's a complete jump like you watch part one of Megazone 23 you get no warning that something like this is gonna happen like the, tonally yeah. like part one is is a lot more easy easy faring uh watching well, it's, it's it's typical uh, it's typical uh 80s uh, dystopian future anime oh yeah with complete with mohawk tire wearing freaks that wear eyeshadow <laughs> and stuff like that i mean you know but yeah it, it, just anything where machinery just takes over um i guess it comes down to like you know one of the the genesis of the um of the of the uh human resistance league when it comes to some of the tomes 2001 mm-hmm. space odyssey yeah Ro- computer there just Oh, killing you in a way that you just don't know putting your faith into something where uh nightmare inducing yes scary <laughs> fun, yes fun stuff <laughs> probably will happen yes unless that story in the news is true <laughs> go mathematics oh my gosh let's hope or i'll do like uh uh what's his face from breaking bad mathematics bitches yeah <laughs> yo jesse yo <laughs> Oh, the chemistry bitches, right? It's the science bitches. <laughs> he's a, he's all right. Well, um, I I will run it back to uh, something else that has always spooked me ever since reading uh, War of the Worlds back in the day, the classic man, the Alien Invasion man, mm. uh, and no series uh, makes that more uh, more more uh, more more to the forefront than Super Dimension Fortress Macross man. The uh, opening episodes where you see uh, Macros, Macros uh, Island getting raided by these giants from, you know, pretty much out of nowhere coming down to reclaim their ship and uh, people having to take on these impossible odds uh, with, with, with the tools that they have. Luckily enough to have a transformable mecha, but um, still, it's you don't know exactly how many of those aliens are out there. And when you find out, that is even, you know... The stakes even you know jump they jump through the roof at that point in time. So well, it is isn't it what makes it even worse is the fact that it's partly government cover up. Well, yeah, because they the higher ups knew, so that's why they uh, you know greenlit the Valkyries being created, but they just didn't tell the regular, <laughs> they didn't tell the normal forces like yeah we're giving you these cool plays that can transform into robots or battle droids or, oh, yeah. or but um, you know well why are we getting this just because it's super cool no, no reason <laughs> and then a couple years later it's like what well they were real slick about it they didn't show well, i think th- i think what also makes it uh scary too is when mm-hmm. you find out that the zentradi are basically humans yeah i think that that's um and that's one of the things that uh there's another anime that's like that too and i can't think of it right now because it just is this, but there's another one where you end up finding out, oh, freaking your favorite one, um, Nadesco. Oh, yeah, yeah, where, where there were just humans all, the, yes. all along. Yeah, we're, yes, it's, it's – um, and, and I guess age is in the same aspect too, Gundam yeah, age. Absolutely. Because you end up finding that you think for the longest – and that's a scary thing that for whatever reason, either people lie to you or per, there's prejudice or whatever it might be that – you know, that's a scary thing. It's like you have this hatred of trying to fight this and you have these people mobilizing. Yes, we're going to we're going to defeat X, Y, Z alien. And then you find out they're humans. <laughs> and it's like, wow, that that to me is it's more of like a subtle, scary nightmare thing. It's like we've been lied to for so long that yeah. 
it, that that that's that's a weird thing. So I and we always see that when that when that revelation happens, everything just kind of falls apart. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing. The bad the bad thing is that it, the cover up happened, but the good thing is is that you have a common ground with your enemy, and that, that you are pretty much the same. And uh, that's the cool thing about Macross is they exploit the fact that the, the Zentradi are but, human as well. But you still have the thing though, where there's still so much hatred, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just been, you know, um, I guess you know ingrained in people. It's just hard to to switch it up even and you know and and that's what makes that thing even um you know a lot of these uh those stories so interesting is because it's like yeah it's human there is common ground but you still have a large faction of people that just i don't care if they're human there's still these people they suck you know yeah. and that's <laughs> and that's and that and we've seen that in macross and we've seen it in all those shows it's like they still caused all this, and you you'll have like the survivors. Mm-hmm. Well, he killed my husband. You know what? It, it that to me is probably the most nightmare, scariest thing of when it comes to an enemy is when you find out the enemy's you. Yeah, it's easier to hate somebody that's not you. That's true. Where you can demonize the enemy and it, yeah. look at them as inhuman, but once you find out it, they're human, then it becomes a more complicated thing. Which was, was just like one you. of the things we or like you. Oh, which is like you. If, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looking just human history it's one it's of the been easier for people to mm-hmm. um to respect other cultures that were more like theirs look yeah. you know the u.s in world war ii and that's it was a little bit easier for us to get common ground with the germans afterwards because they're so much more like most americans at that time as opposed to the japanese who were like in a very different you know, it had a very different culture, and yeah. it's it's so much more different than what they're used to. But yeah, just look that's at the propaganda. A scary thing. Yeah, just look at the propaganda during World War Two. Oh and my how, God. how the Japanese were depicted. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it's very bad, as opposed to uh, the Germans, which were always depicted as you know people. But you know, they just people made, at least. Yeah. yeah they, well, the Japanese they were depicted as less than that, and it's like that's really messed up. <laughs> that's really messed up. But it's look because back. it's because they're not easily identifiable. Yeah, and it's easier to kind of distance yourself from another culture yeah. if they're so different from yours um which is you know never a bad thing and that's what i like about uh, uh one of the better aspects about gundam age was that whole that whole angle where they didn't know what the vegans were and once they found out what the vegans were it did complicate the situation more so that was one of the cooler aspects of the show um you know other other than uh <laughs> the first couple arcs but yeah, well, uh, but going back to don't go into that yeah go go going back to macross though uh macross uh, they were real slick about hiding that 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 turn of events, uh, at least through most of the first episode. Once you find out that there are giant aliens, that I I I always dig this the first episode of Macross. I think it's one of the best pilots, no pun intended, one of the best pilots in anime history because they keep the secret for a good amount of time, and it was intentional that they wanted to make the reveal at the commercial break in the show, so that way they would hook the audience and keep them uh keep them you know pretty much glued to the show for the rest of the run. Yeah, one of the pods crashed. Yeah, one of the pods crashed. The Zentradi uh, soldier comes out and Rick is peeing himself because he's he's, not Rick, but Hikaru is peeing himself for the first time when he sees one. It's like, holy shit. (laughs) But they were still kind of different because they were green skin. So it's still... Well, the one yeah. that came out of the the one that came out of the pod was awful human looking. He, his his skin know, tone but, was. Mm-hmm. But they had a lot of them were kind of the different 
uh, skin colors at the beginning, and then and then as we saw later on when they they're showing up, their um, or that or they had the weird hair like Milia. Yeah, <laughs> that weird green hair she had. Hey, then again, you had a guy with blue hair in the show too, so yeah. <laughs> it just depends. But yeah, Macross uh, Alien Invasions is definitely on my list of uh, of terrible scenarios. But but back to you. Well, uh, yeah, Alien Invasions with either I, I put it in the aspect of anything that's Alien Invasion where you can't communicate them with yeah, them. Yeah, like or when you do finally do, you find out that they're you. <laughs> When the whole time you thought they were something else. To me, it's worse when you can't communicate, like in the case of Muv Love or Double O with the uh, with the uh, Awakening of the ELS. Trailblazer, um, yeah. or the the, the ELS, the L's. L's yeah. or um, uh, or Blue Gender. Um, I, you Ugh. you had mentioned before the show Blue Gender. Uh, any that's thoughts a on night, that? That's a night. That's a That's just a depressing show. And I think what makes that one of the most night the the scene that just gets me is and. Forgive me if I have this wrong because I haven't seen this show in a very long time. I, I watched it when it was on Adult Swim years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's when they have the battle up on the last remaining human outpost, which is the station that's up in orbit above the Earth. And the genders get in there. And, and then there's, I believe there's also a point where there's almost a mutiny with the humans. Oh, wow. And then they start fighting each other because it comes down to the whole thing with... Um, I think his name is uh, Kenji, Kenji or Kenichi or something. It starts with the K. I can't remember this kid's name. Mm-hmm. And you know, his whole thing is before the blues came to power. You know, before they went on the Earth, he had some type of disease. He went in stasis. To they were going to get him out of stasis when they had a cure for it. And then he gets out of stasis and he finds out that the you know these blues have taken over everything. And his his disease either makes him immune or something with it's it's got to deal with something with the blues and he gets taken up there and some of the humans get all crazy so of course you have that whole thing where people just start going irrationally and start shooting everybody and then there's it's that's just a bad scene because not only that but they're trapped in space they're in a freaking space station and it's the last pretty much the last remaining thing of humankind up there yeah that's right so sucks (laughs) It's pretty it's, bad. It's awful. Oh. That's just that's just a, it's a great show, but my god, it's depressing. Ooh. It's like And that that's a Takahashi joint, right? I believe so. It is, yeah. He uh he knows how to do it. <laughs> he knows how but to Thank God, but thank God it's only like 26 episodes. It's not 50 episodes of depressing like Victory Gundam. Oh my god, that's a grind. <laughs> But, but yeah, yeah, blue gender man. That's, that's that's literally waking up to a nightmare scenario, pretty much. <laughs> he had it bad enough by already being infected by by the disease when being put into stasis. But when he wakes up to that craziness, I was like, dude, just just kill me now, please. <laughs> just put yeah, me pretty out. much, man. But uh, other than that, I mean, uh, I I one I had one that just came to mind. Um, okay, remember F nine one. The bugs, the oh, God. bugs, dude. That is by uh, far. I mean, I, I I might have freaked out a little bit about Angel Halo, but when it comes to like weapons being dispatched to kill people, the bugs are the most medieval things I've ever seen in a Gundam series. Because what once once they were turned on, couldn't they turn? They couldn't turn them off or something, or it was really weird. Like they just kept killing until either told to stop or whatever. And that whole freaking Cosmo Babylon thing. Oof. What a bunch of nut jobs! I did, of all the nut jobs, they're probably the probably the biggest nut job. They make the regular Zeon look sane. 
what the Zanskar Empire didn't they come from Cosmo they're Babylon? Part, yeah, they're they're an offshoot or something. Yeah, so it's just another slice of crazy, man. Damn. Yeah, just to see. Well, those- you, you know, you know, Gundam. Every every uh, the Zeon begot everybody. Like Zeon's genesis of all the crazy because they. They begot what Axis and then Neo Zeon and then oh my god, all these other stupid things. What <laughs> what were they in? Um, were they Neo Zeon and Unicorn too? They were, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, the Neo Zeon yeah. and Unicorn, uh, you know Neo or Axis Zeon and uh, throughout the Grips War. You know, it's just it, it, if, if anything, it's just yeah, I it's forgot just, about the bugs. The just, bugs were a nightmare thing because were they were indiscriminate. Yeah, they would just kill people. Just you see them just swooping down and cutting people in half. I, I did not expect that it was going to be happening. Like uh, F nine one had a couple gruesome deaths, and some of them just like just, Arthur. Uh, Arthur, remember the, the the woman with the baby who got her neck snapped by the shell casing? It's like yo, oh, yeah. come, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was so rough. Tamino. Tamino was given no Fs. At that point, you're just like, ah, Tamino. Oh, oh wow. How how you how you just construct death uh, just such a a crazy level at this point. But <laughs> hey, he's a, he's a product of World War Two. Yeah, he yeah. was a child during that time, so he, he saw some he saw some shit himself, man. So he saw a lot of shit. Yeah, to him, to him, this is this is light compared to what he's been. <laughs> What he's what he's yeah. heard stories about, what he's seen. So I will definitely give him the benefit of the doubt there, and that's where that's where a lot of his uh, inspiration comes from, as Neo said. So oh, you think? Yeah. So um, <laughs> if anything, uh, it's mm, Federation mm, allies, <laughs> U.S. Maybe who mm. knew? <laughs> but uh, any anything else that comes to mind before we uh before we uh, no, not anything on the top, and I, I guess we, like we always we can always say um. You know, uh, if we missed anything, definitely uh, put them up on the forum because there's there's quite a few nightmare things. And I think it's sometimes it's all relative of what you believe is a nightmare to you, because uh, some of that stuff is just um, it's it's just creepy. I mean, the, um, the only other thing I can think of really is the Universal Century as a whole um, between the colony drops, the gassings, the nukes, the one year war. It's like, yo, mm -hmm. sorry, the one week war. Um, alone. No one uh, one week battle. I the one, think is the what one it week was battle. Called. Yeah, that with all the loss of life, with where whole sides were were being completely decimated, and they were you know dropped colony. They tried to drop more than just the the one colony they managed to get through during Operation British, but just to know how many people died and in terrible ways, you know, yeah. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be a space noid during that time. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's pretty bad um which is funny because uh the next next issue of gun of the origin is going to be getting into that so um at least when it comes to uh um what is it uh, battle uh yeah, the battle loom and 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 some of the some of the backstory of the one-year war we're going to get to finally see some of that so I'm, I'm looking forward to see the details on that but not so much the carnage but i, I guess we'll see but yeah uh, that and uh we can't forget about the dropping of Axis or the attempted drop of Axis and, and all that other stuff. Yeah, pe- people have been trying to decimate the planet throughout the Universal Century, and luckily they, they weren't as uh, successful. Well, that's, that's a fear anyways. Like, if you think about it, it's falling things from the sky. Yeah. If you just think about that in the aspect of you have... Because Dragonar had that where they were launching stuff from the moon. They would try- launch these big rocks mm-hmm. and the moon. It's just... You just don't know where the, cause these things are not guided. Nope. You know, once, once gravity takes them, 
you don't. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah, and I mean, look what I mean. Look what Operation British did to Sydney. Yeah, it just, I mean, if it hits, it, if it hits the ground, it's going to do some untold damage. If it hits the water, it's going to cause tidal waves. Right? It is that. It's, is that something that yeah. happens in the show? Wow, <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah, bad. but I'm, I'm. But I mean, but the thing is, is you, you're not safe. Yeah. I mean, that way. thing. Like I said, it, it goes in the atmosphere depending on how it breaks up, mm-hmm. uh, because. I believe in Operation British, the whole plan was to drop it on Chabro, but it ended up on um, it uh, ended up on Sydney. Remember that thing in Stardust Memories That's where right. That's it's right. just a big freaking hole, and it's just, it's a crater. Yeah, they were trying to uh, they're trying to make it. I don't know how they were going to try to pinpoint uh, pinpoint uh, aim a colony something that big towards a specific point but maybe they have and if you want further if you want further of how scary that is and you know um is look at Gundam X After what work. happened to that planet yeah so what happened to Earth there and I mean and that's kind of scary because we have a lot of things up in the atmosphere a lot of satellites <laughs> and stuff that they could come down you know not burn up and mm-hmm. cause a lot of damage so that that's a that's a that's a that's a scary that's a scary scene is, is something falling from the sky which, that you know nobody has any control of yeah they had like a decade of just uh ice age right on the planet after after they after all those colonies touched down oh and gundam x, gundam x oh, yeah. yeah it was, it was 15 amazing. years something like that i mean it was like uh, planet yeah i mean That's everything right. was decimated i think it went down to like they say at the beginning it went down to like less than a million people on the planet Ooh. i mean and no That's, no one was thought to have survived in space at least not to the human no one yeah no one thought in the space yeah, yeah. and I, I guess it was the likewise for the people in space didn't think that there was too much life left on earth so <laughs> either way either side was uh thinking that they finished off the other so yeah i mean it was a zero-sum game in that situation and people had to fight hard to recover during that time so yeah i, I guess we could keep pulling out uh, nightmare scenarios out of our butts but <laughs> yeah no, we don't have to do it just the only other one i would have and, and it was it was a potentially nightmare scenario but mm-hmm. it didn't happen was when i thought that solid oh. suit and <laughs> gundam blow thankfully that nightmare never came never happened it's terrible so, oh, but like I said, anyone that um, you know, anything that we missed or anything, because I'm sure there's tons of stuff that's out there. Oh yeah, just even things that you may consider uh, scary that maybe we don't or or vice versa. So just post them up on the Mecha Talk forum. So uh, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. is king you are listening to gundam at mahq from a time long ago in a basement far away there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls warranted and unwarranted (laughs) Is it him? Against 
Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears Destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool! <laughs> Huh? huh? Where's that noise coming from? How could they page me at a time like this? Hey, ma'am. Who's that in that bed over there? Nobody, really. Just one of the injured that I'm helping to take care of. That's all. Let's see. He's my son and he's badly injured. Let's see if you have nothing to hide. No! saying mom you'd rather they got me would you prefer that it's war they call me gun you've grown so wild Almero. i don't even know you gun damn 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 welcome back to episode 151 of gun damn at mahq and uh, just to review, in this episode, we did two listener-submitted topics, both from TV and Dayman. Thank you guys for the submissions. You guys put in uh, great questions and, uh, and concepts, and we look forward to more from our listeners. Uh, thank you, guys. And uh, before we close out this episode, you know what we got to do. It's been a while, but we're going back to the post office for some more mailbag. And for those who are interested in submitting uh, questions for the mailbag, you guys, uh, all you have to do really is to go to the mechatalk.net website and go to the gundam.net section, sorry, the gundam at MHQ section. And when you're there, you can, if you haven't registered for mechatalk, please do, and then find a thread for the mailbag on the mechatalk.net uh, gundam at MHQ boards and submit your questions there. Also, um, if you want to submit your questions to the voicemail line, the phone number is 305-792-8324. Call that and leave a question and make sure the state that it's for Gundam at MAHQ. Uh, Make sure that the message is no longer than four minutes and leave your name and... uh, and, and, and if anything, make sure to prepare your question before you call the number and place the recording. So that way you can record it with as little error as possible. But uh, thank you guys for submitting your questions to the forum and to the uh, voicemail. And we will go on to our first question, which is from Yokozuna Bulldozer. And it's a three-part question, really. Um, all real simple, quick answers. Well, it's, it's three separate questions. Three separate questions. But uh, his submission is, starts off with, uh, which lab would be the first to get a warning for violating safety regulations in the dynamic world of Go Nagai? Either Saotome Laboratories, where the getters are, 
are the Photon Power Laboratory where the Magazers are. By the way, the inspector is from the future, and his name is Violence Jack. <laughs> well, my vote goes for the Magenzer, man. Have you not, have you not seen Mazenkaiser? That show is metal as hell. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to say some of the stuff in the Mazingers. I'd mm-hmm. definitely go with the Proton yeah, Power Laboratory too. I, I would go with Pro- Proton. Now, that's not the that's not the discount Satomi Laboratories because I've seen all sorts of Ghetto Robo, and those guys are gangster. But uh, I got to give it up to the Mugginsers, man. I have to see Miles and Kaiser. Yeah, they, they definitely get my vote. I think Violence Jack would find them quite violent. <laughs> quite, yeah. quite, 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 find them quite, uh, 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 when it comes to violating safety regulations, they would be definitely top of the pops there. But uh, question number two, and Neil might be more apt to answer this question. Uh, his qu- second question is, which mecha pilot Harry Kimmed the most? I'm not exactly sure what he means by that. Um, when it comes to Harry Kim, does that mean he whined a lot? <laughs> in Voyager, I can't remember. I think he was just kind of there. That's the thing I kind of remember him being. Um, yeah, same- I'm, I don't really understand this reference, but from what I can remember of Harry Kim, he was just always kind of there and didn't really do anything bad, didn't really do anything awful or good, but he's just always there. So I remember he was Paris's sidekick. I remember he had pretty bad- much. Yeah, he had bad luck with the ladies. Uh, and I remember most significantly, the major thing I remember about Harry Kim is the episode which F's with your mind, where they meet their their uh, doubles from another dimension, and the Harry Kim from the original Voyager crew gets killed, and at the end of the episode, they end up bringing into the crew the Harry Kim from the other Voyager crew from the other dimension, which that whole crew dies. So they have a Harry Kim from one side of the spectrum joining up with another uh, another group from another dimension. So you don't don't you don't know which which right. Voyager crew was uh legitimate and which one wasn't. And that's what I remember most about Harry Kim. So if I was to to wager a guess, I would say Nicole Nicole from uh Gundam Sea. <laughs> Um, my piano. Yeah, I guess, I guess I guess you could say that. Um, His death was abrupt. Like always, Harry Kim's. Like I said, I just always think of him as just hanging out in the background, always there, but not really adding anything else to it. Um, gosh, what could I say? Man, who who would that be? Um, That's a good question, man. Um, yeah. What character was a what 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 mecha pilot was a wallflower? I I I, I can't really. Yeah, because usually if you're a wallflower, you end up dead. So, but uh, I'll pass. Well, right then. Well, uh, <laughs> pass. Well, moves on to question number. I don't three. understand the reference. So. <laughs> too too lazy to look it up at this point. Yellow so. flag on the plate. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right then. Well, question number three is: If America had the Brave series instead of Beast Wars, which would you have liked to to see other than Gal Gagar? Oh, um, I Gal Gaga really is the only Brave series I've watched from beginning to end. Yeah, I don't, I don't have too much of a reference when it comes to the beginning to end. I've, I've seen um, episodes here and there based on conventions and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I'd have to say um, I, w- I can't, I can't really say. I've always had an interest in seeing Brave Police J Decker. Yeah. Uh, because um, of the police, yeah, the police, the whole police function is always interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've always liked the design of it. So if there was another series, I wouldn't mind seeing it localized. Would have been that one. If 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 there was a if we lived in an alternate universe where instead of Beast Wars we got the Brave series, yeah, Jay Decker or or Mike Gain because it's a train. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's right. So you know, one of one or the other, I'd be okay with that. Um, but yeah, that that'd be my answer for that. Uh, it, so basically, I guess Neo, you're in, you're in, you're in lockstep. Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, I I haven't seen uh, a lot of them in their entirety, so well, it would be disingenuous to answer. Well, one of these days, I'd like to change that. So uh, if yeah. anything, stay tuned. But uh, thank you, Yokozuna Bulldozer, for the submissions. And uh, next up is a question from Fear Junkie. And he writes, it's a Friday night and you're headed down to the Gundam bar. Which Gundam characters will be your drinking buddy, your designated driver, the drunk guy you get into the brawl with, and the girl you take home at closing time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my drinking buddy, Mm you got to have freaking Char. Oh, my God. White suit, Johnny Walker. Come on. (laughs) designated driver would mean that probably somebody that's just kind of a prude Mm -hmm. um huh who 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 is uh we got frau bo um yeah i think frau bo frau bo would get you home that's a great call because (laughs) she would get you home uh drunk guy to get in a bar brawl with um probably romba raw romba raw i can see you want to fight that guy yeah, because the thing with Ron Barral is like you would fight a little bit, but then he'd, he'd, if you gave him a good shot or two, mm-hmm. he'd, he'd probably stop and be like, I like, I like the way you do things, boy. That's right. And you'll have a drink together to close out the night, to cap the night off. And the girl you want to take home at closing time, who the hell else? Sumeragi. Sumeragi. Wow. It's <laughs> a lush. I, so, I, I, so, bro, you're drinking buddy. Actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little abstract. I actually was thinking my drinking buddy would be Sumeragi because she could drink me under the table, <laughs> and she would know. She would know all the, the best drinks to 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 have. And if there was, if we wanted to go uh, bar hopping afterwards, then she would know all the great, the good spots to go to. Eh, so she's uh, not a chick to go bar hopping. You don't think she's so? A, she's straight up alcoholic. She's going to one place that serves. The strongest drinks, and she's sitting there the whole night. Yeah, but she looks like the type that knows all the spots, man. <laughs> she's she's clubby looking, but she's she she was a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> she's she's sitting at one, and get, wherever's got the strongest drinks, she's at. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. So, <laughs> well, yeah, she would be a designated driver. She would be my drinking buddy, and she'd be probably one hell of a wingman too. To be honest, I think she would. I think she would hold up pretty well. Um, next up is my designated driver. You know, I got to go with my boy, the 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 pizza deliverer himself, Saji Crossroad. Oh, he, yeah, he'd deliver you home. That's right. He would deliver you home, man. He's good at he's good at taking people to places, man. <laughs> Delivering pizza. Maybe he'll even know of a he'll he'll bring a snack with him too, so you can you can yeah. you, you can uh, pizza en- on the go engine yeah. engine night with some food, and that would be good. So uh, Saji Crossroad, uh, the drunk guy we get into a bar brawl with, man. I got to go with the legend, man. I got to go with Yazan Gable. I might get cut. <laughs> For, you, you want to get in a fight with a psychopath. I mean, but I would have a story to tell. Yeah, you'd probably be dead. Like I said, it's like, yeah, Robert Rawl is a big guy and he knows how to fight, but you know, you get a couple shots in it. And next thing you know, he's, you know, you're, you're his best buddy. Mm-hmm. Yazan, he's taking it to the limit. So that, but that's you. Okay. That's fine. And if you somehow make it out of this bra brawl, who, who's the girl you would take home at closing time? Well, the girl, you would think I would say Emma Sheen. You no, would, I, don't I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I would find her in the bar, honestly. I don't think that's her scene. So I would probably go with, I can't remember her name, but the crazy uh, 
uh, chick from uh, from Double Zeta, the one with the two colored hairs, the one that would try to exficiate Chara uh, Soon. Chara Soon. Thank you, thank you, because she seems like a whole lot of fun. And if I'm going to take her home, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> Okay, I'm hoping for a little bit of fun for that evening. So uh, if anything, a little anything, too intense, but okay. I like a little adventure. <laughs> there you go. So Chara soon. That would be uh, that would that would be that would be my pick off the off the off the top. Um, I would like to if I if I wanted to uh, to take home someone like Emma, I'd go, I'd go to the library. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, you said that, not I, me. I did. I did indeed. Okay. But uh, if anything, uh, thank you, Fear Junkie, for the question. And uh, it was great, by the way. I really appreciate it. And next up is Kayon73. And he writes, hello, gentlemen. Basically, he, he does write a little bit of a, a, a long explanation as to uh, uh, his idea of, um, of what happens in the series when you have a main character that actually develops as a character. But then you have a, a, a co a co-star character that doesn't really develop all that much. And he cites Gundam build fighters. More of a, he's more of a catalyst he's to the other character. More of a catalyst to the other character. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. he, he points out that, uh, say, uh, his character develops throughout the series while Reiji is pretty much Helps the same him. guy. Um, but th- Reiji the most catalyst of, the of Say's development. Yeah. That's his, that's his idea. So, What's so his question? His question is, can you think of leads in other anime or non-animated shows in general who serve as more of character, character catalysts rather than someone who goes through a personal growth journey, uh, i.e. the character we identify and root for? Oh, that's easy. Which one? The greatest nine-episode show ever, Gurren Lagann. Kamina. <laughs> He's the catalyst. He kind of is. And, and he makes like four or five people grow in that thing. I, God damn, I think he does the whole ship. <laughs> but definitely Simone and then Yoko, because they always think back about this stupid guy and how nuts he is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I believe a lot of those people on the ship are the same way. So, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, he dies in episode nine. Which makes it the greatest eight greatest, episode. Yeah, you don't need to watch it anymore <laughs> past that. But Hopefully, so, hopefully first-time listeners will know we're joking. <laughs> You'll have to see. Watch Gurren Lagann. Oh, my gosh. But uh, as for me, um, I the, some people may not feel this way, but I don't think this character decided to change all that much to the end. No, 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 no. Not at all. Uh, it's not even a Gundam series. Um, I got to go with Code Geass. Um, you have uh, Lelouch, who is character. Rivals. Rivals, yes. No. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, Suzaku. It's pretty much a white knight throughout most of the series, and his uh, his attitudes on most most things are unflinching. And it's only because he's strong armed into working with Lelouch towards the end that he decides almost he sees the light almost to a point. He still hates Lelouch for the things he's done, and still thinks he's wrong, and 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 for the most part, still doesn't see that he, him killing his own father was a bad thing to do. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a douche he's kind of unflappable and that's one of the things i don't like about his character but uh he does lighten up towards the end um in order for the greater good he finally so who's the catalyst the catalyst is suzaku in a lot of ways i would say to Uh, who to lelouch um oh yeah because 
And, and really? Initially, yes, because when Suzaku got killed in the first episode, or not killed, but when he got shot in the first episode, and Lelouch thought he was dead, um, it, it kind of infuriated him uh, uh, on top of the, the situation that he was in. And, um, you know, he started to freak out. And when he ran into uh, C2, she gave him the Gius. So, you know, one of the things he was doing was getting revenge for them shooting Suzaku, who was trying to help him. Um, and then, you know, throughout the series, they're rivals. So there's events in but, the show. But you, that, actually, you actually think he's a catalyst for uh, Lelouch's development as the – really? Okay. I think in some ways he is um, it, because there's certain elements in the show or certain okay. events that happen in the show. I actually think she's more for Lelouch's character. Who, uh, C2? Yeah. C2? I guess C2 would be another one. She doesn't really change all that much throughout the show. It's, so. not, it's not the fact of her changing, but she's yeah. the catalyst she's, that changes him. She's the catalyst that changes him, yeah. yeah. So um, that's another good example. But, I, I, you know, in all truth, I would say that Suzaku and Lelouch affect each other. But C2 would probably be the catalyst that affects Lelouch and in turn affects the world. So if that's the case, that you raise a, very, you raise a better point in that in that. Uh, with that example than I could with Suzaku. So. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to shit on your parade. No, no, I just, I, I just saw that Suzaku was pretty static throughout the show, but he was forcing Lelouch's hand in so many situations. So, you know, it caused Lelouch to think but outside as the a, box. But as a foil, though. Yeah, as a foil, and it kind of, kind of. I think, yeah, I'm just trying to relate it to the question. So, yeah. do another one, then. No, what, no, what, what would be another one that you would have? Oh God, I can't think of too many. This I mean, probably something else, right? Oh Somebody. man, Macro Seven is like the perfect example. So that's that's what hey, those are brought so. up. Yeah, okay. um, I can't really think of anything off the off the top of my head. If I do think of something, I'll come back to it. But uh, K K O N seventy three, thank you very much for the question, and uh, we're going to turn over to Turn A Binker next. And uh, what he writes here is anyway, uh, Gundam has been known. For a lot of uh, Gun- yeah, Gundam has been known for a lot of things, sure, but also for the evolution of humans in its story. However, I often wondered if these shows would have still worked if that element wasn't present. For example, the Universal Century has new types, but if they weren't in 0079, Zeta, Double Zeta, Shars Counterattack, and Unicorn, would those series would have would those series have worked? Um, those series still presented the political conflict between those living on Earth and space, even with Shar and, and Shar's counterattack. Uh, so maybe you would see it without the discussion of new types, but would you agree with me? Uh, and the same question applies to Gundam X, Seed slash Destiny, and Gundam 00. What do you think? Um, shorthand, I think, yes, the shows would work. They might find another angle to go with in order to replace the new type angle. But I think that the series had enough conflict between characters to uh, be able to carry on without new types being involved. Um, I think they, uh, if anything, they could have made a love triangle uh, in between Amaro, Shar, and Lala. Uh, and that could have been a conflict between the three of them instead of the whole new type magic that was involved there. Um, and Zeta, uh, things had gotten so bad between Earth, the Earth sphere and the uh, space noids that, um, you know, they could have got a lot of mileage out of that without having to involve any new types at all um weapons exist and they could have just instead had a the focus on an actual weapon instead of a a human being a weapon instead so i think they found creative ways around that neo any any thoughts yeah because to be quite honest with you especially with the universal century stuff Mm -hmm. the new type thing it's there but it only got we only see it more prominently in some of the later stuff, but mm-hmm. also in the end, it's really conflicts of I- different ideologies. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, it still would have pretty much worked um, because you have people fighting for ideologies. 
some ways the new type thing is kind of a I see it sometimes as a way of, of, of kind of a plot device to have them be able to have discussions while they're battling mm-hmm. <laughs> about <laughs> about things. So yeah. Um I definitely think it would have been that because in the end it's still gonna be uh dealing with what people feel that humanity should be going. And the new type thing is just and we always see it in different incarnations. So it's not like it's one static thing that we see throughout. And even I think he talks about Gundam X, C Destiny, and Gundam Double O. X is probably the one where the it's the new type thing's a little bit more of a part of the story because it revolves around everybody wanting Tifa and she's the only new type. That you know, the the first natural born new type and like ages Mm -hmm. so maybe that could be a little bit differently if you may have to do it um in a different way to um with her you know what made her special because then we see stuff with the frost brothers you know they're all their bitterness is because they scored d's on their um (laughs) on their new type test so i think of all of them that's probably and then see destiny the new type things just there uh double o uh, I guess with the, what was it? The innovator and, uh, probably it'd probably be different because that ended up being a pretty big part of the story, the whole yeah. thing of evolution, but universal century, I don't think so because there's been so many different incarnations of what the new, t- and even with Tamino, he never, never put it in too much of a box. It was always a little bit different. So, and even with the side stories, they've been able to make it work without one, one, one mention of new types. Um, maybe they mentioned yeah. them here and there in, um, in WMS team, but eight yeah. MS team, definitely no new type involvement there. The only um, thing in the new type in 0080 is the is the, is the Alex, yeah, the Alex, and they just made it. They mentioned new types in reference to Amaro. So other yeah. than that, um, there's not much there in 0083. Three, I don't remember any new types not, in that. Gato certainly wasn't. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> Ko wasn't. Yeah, for God's Ko, sake, Ko was far from it. <laughs> So, so they but, could they could make it work. They have to work around some events. I think Double O would be the hardest one to do without any kind of mysticism behind uh, the evolution of man or anything like that. Um, as Neo brought up, because the whole alien involvement later on, the build up to the ELS, the reason why innovators yeah, existed. Yeah, I mean, I think they're more crucial to that story than anything else because it all comes to a head in Awakening of the Trailblazer when it comes to and Gundam X. Yeah, because it's it's a big part of Gundam X because you have. The you know people like Karis, and then you know you have the Frost Brothers who are just bent on that whole thing because mm-hmm. they'll never be a new type, you know. And then the whole thing with Jamil, yeah, of being the new type who you know was part of the last war, and so yeah, that one I could probably see be a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, see, I think of, I, of all of them, it would yeah. be a, much more different. Out of the three series, I think Destiny, you could re- sorry, Seed and Destiny, you can probably refinagle from to back to uh, space, never, space, space noids and um, and Earthers because of it was that. never it was never about that anyways. It was about eugenics. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, it was about eugenics. So we're talking it's about just the different. Yeah, we're talking about coordinators. Uh, coordinators would be the this quote unquote new types of this world, and I think you could even do that series without coordinators. You can you can if you wanted to remove the whole eugenics from the story, you could and Seed and Destiny. Well, after after. Kira wrote the software patch mm-hmm. on the operating system. It didn't matter who freaking piloted the mobile suit. <laughs> the Steve Jobs of his era. <laughs> Pretty much. So 
jobs didn't program. So, oh, true, true that. But uh, Tony Binker, thank you very much for the submission. I really appreciate it. And last but not least, we got another submission from K Kayon Kayone seventy three. And he writes here, as a guy who grew up watching anime and animation in general in the late 70s and 80s, all the newer anime series have lately started to look all the same. Whether it's the character designs, art style, really clean, slick CG animation, or whatever. I'm having trouble distinguishing a lot of new shows which give give off the vibe of being insanely overproduced, much like many of our current no-talent pop stars. (laughs) Okay. Basically, the lack of talent and quality covered with a thick veneer of slick technology. It takes a very unique show to stand out to me these days. So is it just a grumpy generational gap talking, or are there a lot of newer shows just looking slick, substanceless, or highly derivative? Man, um, I I, I feel real strong on this, and I I get where you're coming from. I really do. Um, I find myself at a loss on what shows to watch nowadays. A lot of the shows, the same they use the same character designers, or the art styles don't vary from one series to the next. Um, and it could be the old man in us looking at anime today and feeling like we're on the outside looking in. Um, I, I can't find a lot to relate to because I, I, neither of us are young men anymore. We came up in the 70s and 80s, as you mentioned, and we watched the shows and the young protagonist. We just don't get his struggle anymore. We actually have more in common with the adults in the shows than we do the leads nowadays. So we're on a, the different side of the, the story. Um, when it comes to the visuals, I, I like the slick new visuals but the character designs are what gets me i i as i mentioned in a previous episode when it comes to moifying the women in the show or uh making everybody have the same looking face that kills me i just i can't stand that when people don't have the ability to put a you know variety draw, in their to, designs. draw a different face yeah or put variety <laughs> in the designs when you go back and you look, i think a lot of it is they just can't draw a different face <laughs> I think that's probably it. That might be that might be the actual stone cold truth. When I, when, I, when I go back I and look know. at Mobile Suit Gundam, for instance, and I see that there's people of all shapes and sizes, you, the fact that you will not see another Ryu Jose in most series anymore. <laughs> a, a, a big dude who could who could pilot a mech or or plane and be a man of action. Or you you won't see like the odd looking guys that you would normally see in a. Um, uh, what's the artist? Uh, Leiji Matsumoto. He's too ugly to yeah, fly. Yeah, exactly. But he's, he's scoring high on. He's the highest scorer we ever see. Doesn't matter. Doesn't we need matter. just. We need pretty pilots. Get get him a broom and a mop. He's he's he's, he's straight yeah. janitor status. <laughs> get him out of here. Uh, he looks he looks more like a mechanic. Yeah. It, to me, um, you're onto something there. It, it is kind of the uh, the order of the day to have a very pretty looking series because um, they want to grab people. Um, they want to grab people based on today's taste to watch series and what better way than to have a bunch of really attractive characters that are going to be eye catching and people can start to ship and fan, fan, fan wang all over. So, um, there's a lot to do with that. Uh, there was no internet back in the seventies and eighties. So people just accepted what they had. They pretty much had a community that was based on fan magazines and they would just, you know, um, enjoy the shows that they would have on their own and then meet up with people to talk about it afterwards instead of uh, dissing a show as it's in development. <laughs> but Neil, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I think you guys are just two bitter old bastards. Oh, cause F you. <laughs> um, 
actually, to be honest with you, I remember when I was in Anime Expo and some of the lines and stuff, talking to some people. Yeah. Um, this isn't always a generational thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of younger people that kind of feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff is starting to look the same. So I, you know, I, I think the you know the clean visuals and stuff are great. I mean, well, like you said earlier, a show like Argantia, pretty show. Yeah. But it was a good show. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you're just I mean, and the character art, designs in that show were solid. It was a, you could tell the difference between people, and not well, everybody's could, face but, was the same. So, but but it, but it was definitely a newer style. Yeah. So it's not the gringy, gruddy, uh, you know, Macross and uh, Gundam, you know, styles back then from back then. But yeah. is there a point where some of these are looking all alike? I, I think we just joked earlier that some of these people maybe they can't draw faces maybe, maybe that's the case i don't know we're looking at you Harai. <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much i think in today's environment my god you have an easier way to see if these shows are any good so much more ease to test out a show some maybe on the methods channel where you don't have to be too uh invested in all that so you yeah. you're, you're able to look at it okay it doesn't look what you normally like but there's other plenty yeah, of uh, free, I, free or or, or cheap yeah, alternative to check out shows and maybe maybe i'm a little spoiled I, I don't know right but the thing is i can't just say just because these things have slick animation and stuff like that yeah doesn't mean they're not a quality show i mean one that comes to mind is attack on titan yeah. Slick looking show, but it's um, you know, a very good show. A lot of people love that show and it's uh people of all ages. So it's just gonna be trial and error. Is is there a lot of stuff that's coming out that's kind of formulaic? Yeah, but oh, yeah. I'm sure if you look back in the seventies and eighties, there was a lot of crap that was formulaic too, that back then people were saying probably the same thing. So um but yeah, just check it out. I I mean don't, don't be open. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll end with this. Um, I, I stopped really watching anime, uh, you know, face value uh, in the mid 2000s. I used to it used to be every season I'd have a list of shows I'd check out and a ton of shows I'd watch. And eventually that list would just dwindle down further and further and further until there's just a handful of shows that visually grabbed me. And I would go into them. Some of them would be good. Some of them would be bad. So sometimes I got fooled off of the visual just to find out that uh it was just as typical or run of the mill as any other series I was checking out. I was I had ass- assumed was garbage when it really wasn't. So it's just taking the time to see what out what what's out there that grabs you and don't write off everything. Um there was a show I got exposed to recently called uh Angel Beats that when I saw from first glance looked like your typical Moe nonsense, but uh it turned out to be a actual very engaging show and um a, a very very emotionally uh provoking as well so i i definitely recommend that for anybody who wants to check out something that you might have initially first glanced and and saw that it was the typical fare it didn't turn out to be the case once i uh went through uh more of the episodes so i guess the what's the uh the moral of the story is don't judge a book uh by its cover <laughs> even in this day and age where a lot of the stuff is coming out and it's very fetishized um check out the first couple episodes if it's not your deal then feel free to pass up on it but uh thank you very much for the question and i'm sure there's if you like the stuff from the 70s and 80s i'm yeah. sure there's plenty of things that you hadn't seen you know what that, and, that's and very with true. um and with a lot of places especially like right stuff and all that with some of the stuff they're bringing out mm-hmm. um you know if that's the type of stuff that you want you know from that era then definitely um definitely uh check check them out like that because unless you've seen it all i mean there's there's tons of stuff from back in those eras and 
seems like a lot of that stuff now is it's finally seeing the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I forget the name uh, of the company. There's a company that like Discotech. Right Discotech. Discotech does it too. Yeah, but dis- Right Stuff's got a lot of a lot of that stuff yeah, too. But Discotech is uh, and, and they right specialize got in a the... lot of newer stuff too. So yeah. you might want to that is a little bit more off base. Yeah. So but is pretty good so the, uh, well the reason yeah. why i bring up discotech is they, they've been licensing a lot of the older stuff so if yeah. you want to check out like a lot of older releases that have been coming out there there are definitely some people to, to look up and uh, dev- visit their website and check out what they have kind of sound like soul bro with music right then yeah didn't, didn't hip-hop die in 1999 or something uh, like it, it, well, not, not even 99 it died a little bit before that but uh <laughs> you know I, and, and you know i i try not to be closed-minded man and that's the big thing with me i really try not to be closed-minded but when it comes to music i'm a different bag of i'm different i'm different altogether anime i'm willing to give shows a shot i will and 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 with with tv shows i'm willing to do that too hell i sat through the first two twilight films against my own better judgment but i sat through them because if i was going to hate if i was going to hate on something if you're able to sit through that shit then you should you should (laughs) be completely open-minded i should be i wouldn't even watch that i wanted to slip my wrists after watching those first two movies but um you know, if I'm able the worst to, what I did was watch the, the first Hunger Games. So uh, I like that. In comparison to Twilight, Hunger Games yeah, is perfectly fine to me, dude. I, I have no basis when it comes to uh, Twilight. Well, I just sat there watching Hunger Games and like, huh, I, I should just go watch Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> first one, not that crappy second one. Oh, but man. Uh, but. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, like I said, I I, I want to be open minded when I approach like, you know, old bastard anime. Uh, you're, in a, you're in a world now where you have all this stuff that you could check out and could be cool. And I just want to watch what's from the seventies and eighties. We tend to gravitate towards the, the things that we know. And uh, when it comes to anime from the seventies and eighties, I feel I do feel more at home with that stuff than I do. Yeah, I like watching. Shows. I like watching crap though that I've I've never seen before. You got me adventurous. Yeah, I just don't want to write off things that are coming out now because then the whole scene dries up and then we get nothing. So we have to kind of uh, look for the good stuff out there, support that, and hopefully we more get of that nothing. stuff. What are you get talking made. about? The scenes that. See, does it dry it up? Believe me, there's plenty of people watching all these new shows on Crunchyroll. <laughs> so, you, I, you, you two grumpy old bastards. No, I'm, that, ju- I'm, I'm just saying if people have the same mindset that we do, yeah. then nothing will get a shot. And then next thing you know, the yeah, scene will dry up. And not because of the heat. are drying up. Not, believe me, there's, there's plenty of screaming people for all these damn shows. And <laughs> you, ju- you just got to, I, I think, I think sometimes we identify fan reaction to mm-hmm. if we like a show or not too and that you, you can be guilty of that um but yeah, let's check it out man methods yeah. the methods network it allows you to to, to binge watch <laughs> right like you like you do on netflix oh jesus <laughs> I'm, I'm not an advocate for the methods network but it is there if you want or not Dolo, get on your ass oh i know i <laughs> Shout out to the Dalo. By the way, um, K, K, it's either Kyone73 or K173. Forgive me for saying it wrong either way. But uh, thank you very much for your submission. It was a great question. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, the current no talent pop stars. Most of them are. <laughs> Hopefully we'll, we'll see another age of better music. But uh, anyway, that is it for the mailbag for this episode of Gundam at MHQ. But before we close out, Neo, any uh, any thoughts you wanted to bring up before we uh, get out of here? Nope. Oh shit. Well, that if that is it, I if, when you guys have time, please check out these websites. Head on over to where the magic happens. 
mahq.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash shinstation and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that is it for episode 151 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. But here's the conundrum that we all have. Look, we're all very handsome, professional movie reviewers here, okay? And so it's like when you get in a fight with somebody and they say, don't be defensive. You're like, I'm not being defensive. Then all of a sudden you are being defensive. So when Michael Bay says, I don't make movies for critics. They're stupid. I make them for audiences because audiences love them. It's like, how do people like us say, no, 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 you're really not making good movies. Right. And people aren't liking these. You're suckering them. Be you're selling them a genuine Mexican plug every time they this, pay man. to see it. Because this, it's it, the, the whole reason, like, they kept they kept making Pirates movies, right? Like, and yeah. Sure. They still do. Yeah, I, I, but but it's harder now for them to do it because Bruckheimer. After a while, they said, "Look, that fourth one didn't do, do it. Well. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna start. It, it, they, there's only so long you can sustain. But these movies are what I want to happen. I think because if you look in there, you look at those special effects, like you said." There is some cool stuff going on. Mm -hmm. the, the the Autobots and the Decepticons can be really cool. You got to get rid of the the writers that they're using, and you have to. Michael Bay's got to step down. He's got to step mm -hmm. down and give it to somebody else. Like I we I forget when the question was asked, but Matthew Vaughn I thought would would be really good directing directing. Anybody Blomkamp? I, yeah. I don't want JJ because he's working on another project that I yeah. want him to focus on. But I, there's you know there's so many good directors that you wanna, could use. I don't want to waste any good directors. Sorry, but you don't you don't, like think, I don't you don't think I, there's no there's no, no chance. It's done really. I would say Pirates of the Caribbean Transformers. <laughs> Just like combine those two, make Johnny Jack Depp Sparrow on the Dinobot. They already got yeah. John Goodman. <laughs> I'm so I won't shut up. I'm a cigar chomp. <laughs> like, I could not stand. Yeah. Like, as a director of animation, I was horrified by how horrible 
the voiceover, the direction, the, they just chucked voiceover randomly. Yeah. It was like, pan over and watch a bunch of stupid robots climb over buildings and have some props and some props talking. <laughs> there was That's literally... why I, I lost my, I, I was so not into the movie. And it's like, all these people are like, uh, I'm sure you guys got to, dude, I thought, I thought, tra-. and this when I read somebody saying this, yeah. this is how their voice is to me. <laughs> Transformers was um, awesome. Yeah. Okay, so Wickham was so cool. I like explosions and boobies and blossoms. I'm gonna see it five times, boy, Spider Man 2. That's what I hear when I hear, when I read that, that's in my mind. I'm like, you are so dumb. You can't not only not spell, but you're stupid. But, but to be, to be, to be fair. What happens in my brain? I- Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. I lost everything. That dog was a gift from my dying wife. It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. October 24th. I'm not afraid of John Wick. I once saw him kill three men with a pencil. Task your crew. How many? As many as you have. Hey, John. Thought I'd let myself in. I noticed. Keep asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. John Wick. You look terrible. Rusty, I guess.